compliance programs being dynamic rather than static. It's not enough anymore to have a compliance manual, which is sitting on the shelf. It needs to be distributed. It needs to have engagement. It needs to be communicated. Welcome to the Innovation in Compliance podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have with me Evgeny Likodin. And we're going to have a really interesting discussion today about some compliance trends, and more importantly, clause match, which Evgeny runs. So first of all, thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Hi, Tom, and thank you for having me. Evgeny, could you tell us a little bit about your professional background? Yeah, absolutely. I started my career from legal and compliance after studying in the UK and and France, where I did a law degree. And I worked in oil and gas initially, and then I moved after 2008 to Morgan Stanley and worked in their capital markets division, looking after derivatives, trading contracts, but also a lot of regulatory implementation and regulatory remediation after Dodd-Frank and MIFID were implemented across the globe, which were applicable to us. And really that led me to start ClauseMatch because we always had a lot of compliance content which needed to be analyzed and which needed to be implemented internally and then provided regulators to show them how we're complying with new rules. And we never had really good answers when regulators were asking questions. What's your current role with ClauseMatch? Uh, so I founded ClauseMatch and I'm the CEO of ClauseMatch currently. Who is your client or customer base? So we work primarily with financial services and insurance. And some of our clients include banks like Barclays, a bank in Tessa San Paolo in Italy. We also work with fintech companies uh, across Europe at the moment. And actually, we, we have a couple of fintech companies in the US that are using our platform. And then a number of insurance clients from general insurers to underwriters and brokers. So how is Clause Match bringing a digital transformation to GRC or Governance, Risk and Compliance? At the core of ClauseMatch platform, what we built is a way to collaborate in real time on content. At the time when I started ClauseMatch, that technology was not available to enterprise world. And our goal was to enable collaboration on content that needs a strict and strong governance process. So primarily our platform is used for managing policies and procedures in a way that enables companies to track every single change every time a policy changes to prove that this change is compliant with the regulations and ultimately distribute a compliant policy document which has been approved and agreed to employees and then track engagement with that compliance document. So ultimately, it really helps our clients in today's world to show to the regulator that interpreted the rules, incorporated them into their internal governance framework and then communicated that to employees and then actually have statistics and proof that there is engagement with that content, which closely follows with what DOJ was talking about in 2020 in their guidance on compliance programs. You talked about the real-time engagement. Could I maybe expand on that a little bit? Does that also lead to really the ability to do real-time reporting? Yes, absolutely. But I guess reporting can be interpreted in different ways. What we talk about when we 
talk about reporting is you can really see the state of your governance program and compliance program as it relates to obligations and policies and policy management in real time. So you can see in real time how many policies are being in review, how many policies are beyond the review date, how many of them have been read and attested, how many of them have not been and are beyond the deadline, how many of them have exceptions and so on. So that type of reporting. But then also what our platform enables and That is really because we manage content in real time and in a way that is dynamic. When policies, obligations, procedures, even controls are mapped through ClauseMatch platform, anytime there is a change in one of those components, you can see the impact across the organization immediately. So, you know, if I'm changing, for example, a money laundering policy, which is an important document for a financial institution, I can know exactly where else the impact of that change will be felt across the organization. Let me take that even a step further because this inquiry was posed to me in a podcast recording earlier this week, and it was around corporate governance. And you mentioned governance and the governance issue was reporting to the board really around the events that have happened this week. And as the person said to me, here we are into February, we'll put a report together at the end of the quarter. March 31, then we'll put it in a board book and they'll get that mid to late April. And that that does a board no good because as dynamic as the situation is right now, it's going to only become more dynamic. And that corporate governance now really requires boards to have that type of data available. Doesn't mean they have to look at it every time, but to have that kind of information available. So that when I talked about reporting, I just wanted to see if, and you also talked about governance, how you could use the clause match platform to really have that availability to report to a board when the events are as dynamic as they are this week. Yeah, absolutely. When events like this happen, there is a lot of processes that need to happen to evaluate the risk, to make the assessment of that risk, provide, understand the mitigating factors and so on. And without technology, all of that happens through email, through chat applications, but it doesn't get properly recorded anywhere in a structured way. So you can go back and understand, well, actually, how did we assess the situation and what conclusions did we make? And one of the outcomes of that review is likely we need to implement those changes and communicate them to employees very quickly so they understand, you know, our sanctions policy has changed, our treatment of and onboarding of new customers has changed. And that needs to happen very quickly because the sanctions have been implemented pretty much immediately. And that is just one example how ClauseMatch can enable uh, in real time for many, many people to collaborate and work on specific type of content, compliance content, get the right approvals by the right people, and then distribute very quickly to employees and to the board as well, to report to the board. This is the outcome of all of our risk assessment, and this is how we've implemented it, and it's been communicated across the organization. We rarely have as events as dramatic as this week and the need to respond, as you said, literally immediately based upon new government regulations, whether it's in the area of sanctions or whether it's in the area of customer onboarding. Perhaps if we could step back to regular business, if I can say it that way, although Maybe this is the the way businesses run now. It strikes me that the clause match platform and solution really leads to 
much more increased business efficiency and in compliance. That's one of the things compliance officers are looking for is to increase business efficiency. Would that be a fair assessment? Yes, absolutely. And that's one of the main drivers for organizations to adopt our platform. There is another driver which typically lies with risk of non-compliance, risk of irregularities within the governance framework, risk of not aligning various compliance documents, which are actually very important in terms of how employees are supposed to act within the organization. It's as simple as I've got a policy written by one department and then another policy written by another department and they're contradicting each other. Which one is right and which one is not? Once upon a time, I worked at Halliburton, and uh, one of my projects was I had to go through every corporate policy, and they had multiple levels of policies, and there was some 2,000 I had to review manually and do exactly what you've just described. So I have great appreciation for the ability to do that using a technological solution. But let me turn to your website has some great resources that I read in preparation for this podcast from blogs to white papers. And you said a couple of different things that I wanted to maybe ask you about. And you earlier referenced the Department of Justice's 2020 update to the evaluation of corporate compliance programs. But I wanted to ask you, how has that document influenced how regulated firms approach compliance? Because that document was really not aimed at regulated firms. So how did you see that as influencing many of your customers and clients? I always think about how can a such a piece of guidance can influence compliance decisions within the organization. And um, because DOJ guidance was drafted in a way, you know, how to help investigators in their evaluation of compliance programs, obviously that's where compliance departments can understand what the investigators will expect from them within the organization. So talked about using systems for compliance. We talked about compliance programs being dynamic rather than static. It's not enough anymore to have a compliance manual, which is sitting on the shelf. It needs to be distributed. It needs to have engagement. It needs to be communicated. So there is a lot that we can take from that. And we actually had a number of organizations in the U.S., specifically listing that guidance as the justification for the business case for platform like ClauseMatch. So specifically adopting policy management programs and bringing software to help with policy management. One of the big pieces to address that guidance and to address what the DOJ expects from compliance programs. And we have seen an increased number of RFPs, requests for proposals, specifically in compliance and policy management in large organizations, not just financial services. So have you seen any change in that response since June 2020? We're coming up now on the second anniversary of the release of the update to the evaluation. The original evaluation was released in April of 2019. Have you seen compliance solutions such as yours really continue to evolve or is it a dialogue between you and your customers? There are two things. One is we always continue speaking to our customers and a large portion of our roadmap of the product is driven by customers' challenges and helping them to address them. But another part of our roadmap is shaped by, you know, the market movements, the market events and where we see strategically compliance will go. There are a lot of things that we see on the market that will 
drive the adoption of compliance solutions. And we're seeing that it's not just regulated industries which are affected by it, by those changes. When we look at the types of regulations that are affecting the world, data privacy regulations, they're not just for regulated firms, they're for every firm which is holding any type of data on their customers, uh, which is private data. And there are millions and millions of companies which are subject to those regulations today. And then a more recent development, uh, when we look at ESG, an ESG topic has really started being at the forefront for many governments. And we're seeing ESG being pushed down by large organizations on their supply chain, which means that the supply chain of a large global tier one bank, and that's around 200,000 vendors, are all now subject to controls in relation to ESG, cybersecurity, data privacy, and so on. So they don't necessarily need to be regulated, but they need to prove that they're following the controls imposed on them by large banks, by large tier one institutions, by large corporates. And we're feeling that pain as well. We, as a supplier and vendor to such organizations, we're going through these audits, we're going through assessments. And if we didn't have something like close match, it would take so much longer and be so much more painful. So one of the most prescient comments I heard during the pandemic was along the lines of the following. We have moved from disaster recovery to business resiliency to simply business as usual. And I wanted to tie that concept, particularly this week, to another blog post I read, which you paired together connected compliance, but you added a smart component. So I wanted to ask you, first of all, what is both smart and connected compliance? And how is it you see that can really lead both risk management and business as usual going forward? Yeah, absolutely. And this is something that we have been talking about for a while. It's what we're seeing from our clients as well, what they're trying to achieve. When we talk about connected compliance, what we really mean is the ability to understand and connect that compliance content, which comes from many different sources. There are obligations that come from regulators and rec teams when they interpret those regulations. There are policies and procedures which are implemented to address regulations, to address risks, to address other standards and controls. And there are controls themselves being managed by risk teams, and they're all very separate, all three components, and managed by many different people, many different teams. When they're managed in silos, you can never understand the impact of changes which happen on a constant basis. If I'm a credit risk officer and I'm changing a set of five controls, that has a lasting impact across the organization when I change those controls because we need to implement that change. We need to rewrite the policies and procedures. We need to make sure that their controls are still compliant with the regulations and obligations. And if they're not connected, you can never estimate the full impact of that. It takes months to understand that impact. So that is the connectedness piece. Once you've got all of that data in a structured way in one single place, you can actually start making sense of it and start connecting it. The smart part is where you can start using machine learning and natural language processing to actually understand these links across the organization. So we, in a, for example, we know now that 100 data privacy controls typically have these types of 
documents which are like policies and procedures which are addressing these controls. And they are related to data privacy regulations like GDPR, like California Data Privacy Act, and so on. So, and you can start using that data to start identifying for that type of organization what are other obligations which are applicable, what are the typical policy documents and statements and policy documents which address those obligations, and then what are the controls. I think we're still a long way away from that, but the at CloseMatch, we have done a lot of work with regulators and with our clients to start mapping that data and teaching our models to recognize those connections and find them across the organization. So, Evgeny, what do you see as some of the key trends that will shape compliance technology, both in 2022 and perhaps down the road as well? Yeah, I think in 2022, we'll continue to have increased need for compliance and compliance technology. We're seeing that red tech market in general is uh, growing very quickly. But also I'm seeing that new regulations being introduced for cryptocurrency activities and generally crypto assets. It has been a longstanding topic, but I think given that they're emerging and they're gaining popularity every day, and especially with recent changes with NFTs coming to the market, there'll be a lot of regulatory framework around cryptocurrency and crypto assets. With ESG, we've seen that this is going to be a big topic across the world and regulatory frameworks will emerge in that topic. And then, as always, InfoSec and cybersecurity, this will have a lot more scrutiny from regulators and by the governments themselves as well. So, Evgeny, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering if our listeners wanted any more information on yourself or in ClauseMatch or really any of the topics we've touched upon in this podcast, where could they go? People can go to our website, closematch.com. It has a great section on insights, but also events around compliance, webinars and physical events. And they can also find us on LinkedIn and myself as well on LinkedIn. So I wanted to uh, thank you for taking the time to visit with me and I look forward to continuing this conversation. Thank you, Tom. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review.